the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the part of the program, Crosswalk with Gino Geraci. It is, of course, the intersection of Christian faith and Christian living. This is where doctrine meets duty and belief meets behavior. This is the program where from time to time we have authors, artists, guests who are making a difference in the body of Christ and the kingdom of God. Joining me is founder and president of the Ezra Project, Alan Huth. And Alan, you've been a guest over the years. We know that you founded the, the, the Ezra Project back back in 2002. But right before the program, you let me know you have, you're now also, also an author. Oh, we've lost Alan Huth, so hopefully we... We will get him back. I don't know. Did he call in the guest line or did you call him? All right. So hopefully he will call the guest line again. And while he's calling the guest line, um, you know, I we remember that um, Alan, who started he, in his story, he tells the story about he started reading the Bible at age 15 and um, he experienced this real salvation where God saved him both physically and spiritually in a tragic car accident. And that night, uh, God led him to a Bible in his bedroom. And he's been a daily Bible reader ever since. And the practice of daily Bible reading, um, you know, went through the whole rigors of high school and college, raising a family, working in government and for a nonprofit organization and a business. Tell me when we get him back, okay? And um, and then Alan worked on the staff of some Colorado state legislatures. He's vice president of the uh, Colorado Association of Commerce and Industry. And um, also, he's been an active volunteer, but also, I think, served as the international vice president of Gideon's International. We had some of his pals and friends from um, from Gideon's over the years. So do we have him back? Not yet. Well, we should see if we have a phone number for him, and I don't know what has happened. But I know that um, with, you know, we were talking about the Ezra Project, and until I get him back, you know, I want to encourage you to go to EzraProject.net. Okay, so I know we lost you, um, Alan, and I was just doing your brag sheet about the Ezra Project and giving a, a brief uh, recounting about how you came to the Lord and you got, you got saved after this horrible, terrible car accident, and it led you to both as an adolescent and young adult to daily Bible reading, which sort of in part gave birth to your vision of the Ezra project. But before we got cut off, um, you told me that you're, you've got another chapter in your life. You've become an author. Yeah. You, uh, you summarized probably my life and how I became a daily Bible reader at 15 after that car accident in Colorado mm-hmm. Springs. 
So that's now over 50 years, brother, of reading the Bible basically every day of my life. Can you believe it? Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a lifetime in the Scriptures. <clears throat> so this past year, uh, the Lord laid on my heart to take some of these journals that I've been writing for 35 years and share those. So I've started a series, a seven-book series called Day by Day Through the Bible. Wow. And the first one is out. It's called The Writings of Solomon, and it covers Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, and the two Psalms that Solomon wrote. Sure. And if you go through that one chapter a day, that'll be a 53-day daily devotion. That also has my comments from my journals, how it applies to your life, my own personal experiences with the Word of God, and then a place for you to write your own thoughts in it. So it's kind of an active journal. Wow. Now, I know, I, obviously, over the years, I've been had privileges to get um, certain resources that are available through the Ezra Project. And now it's my understanding that if people go to EzraProject.net, there are printable January, February calendars. In other words, people who are wondering, where do I begin? How do I begin? How do I begin this, this what you've done over a lifetime, the discipline of, of reading my Bible and in a, in a daily disciplined fashion? Now, you and I have had this conversation. People call me up and they say, what's the best Bible translation? And I say, it's the one you're going to read. Forget the type <laughs> of translation. Will you get a Bible and will you read it? And I know that you've, you've consistently said that the best reading plan is that you have a plan, that, that, that the plan isn't nearly as important as doing it. So can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, um, you know, you know, because you had these journals before. In the journals, we have seven or eight plans that people mm -hmm. can use. So, for example, you can do it the way I started when I was 15, and that's a chapter a day. Mm -hmm. You read a chapter a day, you'll finish the Bible in three and a half years. So you don't have to worry about your Bible reading for three and a half years. That's one way. You can get a chronological journal, which you have in your hand probably, and that gives you a way to read the Bible chronologically, not the way it's laid out in the pages of Scripture, but the way events actually happened. Mm -hmm. And then I have another journal called the Trio Journal that gives people a New Testament reading each day or an Old Testament reading each day or both if you want to read the whole Bible. So a variety of ways to read the Bible. And then since we've been together in the last couple of years, you might remember we also did Ad Bible, which is audio daily devotions. Mm -hmm. and Listening say, to the Bible. Yeah, so some people say, I'm too busy to read. Okay, we'll put it in your earbuds. And it's Ad Bible. It's free. It's a free app. You just download it. And in January, we're in Jeremiah, and we'll move from there to Lamentations and then into some of the New Testament books and Titus. And so you can get a 10-minute to 10 to 15-minute dose of Scripture with the same thing, comments, applications, and a prayer if you just want to listen to Ad Bible. There are lots of ways to get in the Word daily. Now, we haven't talked for a while. Um, and, you know, over the, the, the years, quote-unquote, leading up to um, COVID and corona, we saw 
a real challenge about people reading their Bible. But t- have you got any uh, up-to-date uh, statistics, if you will? <laughs> it, is, is, is the discipline of daily Bible reading, is it growing? Is it shrinking? Has corona and COVID, to your understanding, made a difference in how people are seriously taking reading the Bible on a daily basis? Uh, good question, Gino, and that's why you're on the air. You have always good questions and great answers. Honor Research, of course, does their um, description of Bible reading every year. They found that during the coronavirus 2020-2021, the nevers, in other words, the people who never pick up a Bible, mm-hmm. shrunk, shrunk. Wow. So people were questioning and they were wondering, so they picked up a Bible. The the actual aspects of reading the scriptures probably ticked up a little bit in the last couple of years. And that tells us, you know, the spiritual part of who we are, right? When problems come, mm-hmm. we, we go internal and we say, what's possible spiritually? And people in some small way came back to the Bible during this crisis. Wow. Now, we know about EzraProject.net. If people want to find out more about you, EzraProject.net, are there other places where you would recommend where people can go if they want to find out more about you and the Ezra Project? Yeah, the books are available on any online bookstore now. Okay. Amazon or Kindle. You can get a Kindle download or whatever. So you probably just put my name in as an author. But also, we have a phone number. 303 369 and I'm going to give away a book. Oh, cool. You tell well, me, maybe the 10th call. Okay. 10, you know what? We'll give the, we'll give the number when we come back, and you, can, you guys can start calling while I'm having a conversation with Alan. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking with Alan Huth. He is the founder, director, president of the, the, the Ezra Project. And, and, of course, Alan, I love, love, love your uh, mission statement, connecting God's people to God's word. We, you were talking about the writings of Solomon that you have available, and that um, if people ca- call this number, 303-369-8001. Now, we said the 10th caller. You're going to send a copy, if you will, of of your first book, The Writings of Solomon. Correct. Now, so again, the number is 303-369-8001. The Bible says, let another man's lips speak well of you. I want you to do most of the talking, Alan Huth. But, you know, it's interesting to me that you picked The Writings of Solomon and uh, the 31 Proverbs in January and the 12 chapters in Ecclesiastes. What's interesting to me, and during the first half of February, what's interesting to me, in the eight chapters of song during Valentine's Day, what's interesting to me is how this can be read over and over again. It's been my, one of my things that I do is, in in addition to my Bible reading, I love reading a, a proverb a day. And um, there's so much, and it seems to me that, did we lose him again? No, I'm here. Okay, good. It seems to me that no matter how many times I read those Proverbs, they're always rich, and there seems to be something new. Has that been your experience over the last 50-plus years, Alan Huth? 
Yeah, that's why it's a great place to start a new year. We all want wisdom, and so it's a proverb a day in January. Then we move into Ecclesiastes, and then Song of Solomon was the love book for Valentine's. Mm-hmm. So I've turned a page. I know, Gino, if you had the book in your hand, you would do this. So mm-hmm. um, this is just an example. This is out of Ecclesiastes 10, and it's about mm-hmm. money. And here's what I wrote. The verse uh, I highlighted is, Bread is made for laughter, and wine gladdens life, and money answers everything. Mm-hmm. Now, do we believe that? I wrote, if that was true, the richest people of the world would be happy. Yet we see very successful people even take their own lives. A recent example, mm-hmm. of course, Robin Williams, mm-hmm. the comedian. Solomon knows, and we all know, money is not the answer to everything. Yet I referred in my journal to Ecclesiastes 5.10, mm-hmm. he who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with its income. So which is it? Does money answer everything, or does it never satisfy and that's the kind of challenging thoughts that I provide through the writing so people can think about their attitude yeah, that's a, about money. And what a great thought, because obviously, again, it's a proverb. And and the from the proverb's perspective, there sometimes like um, the book of Ecclesiastes, the writer is bringing it from a very human perspective. So from a very human perspective, like you said, there are many, many people who have asked this question, if I just had enough money, all my problems would go away. All of my insufficiencies or deficiencies would go away. And then rightly, we know that Jesus personified money as a rival master to our real master. Amen. And Solomon, of course, had it all. He had all the money he could have. He had everything we all think is success. And yet he writes Ecclesiastes, vanity of vanity, all things are vanity. So so um, I just encourage people to go to the Word of God for the answers in their lives. And 2022 is no different. And in the next book that's going to come out, you know, it's the day by day through the Bible, the writings of John. that cover the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and Revelation. Wow, that's a lot of work. And that's in print, and it'll be out by the end of the month. Wow. And so I'm going to try to roll out seven books before the end of 2022. And the next one we're working on is the writings of Paul. So people can get 50 days of daily devotions, 53 days. Paul will be a little bit longer, 90 days maybe. And these are resources that are not available in the Christian community right now. Wow. Now, I know, uh, you know, like I said, we haven't had a chance to have a conversation in a fairly long time. Um, In the past, prior to COVID and all of that stuff, you were a frequent guest on many radio programs, including mine, many uh, churches um, all over America. How's your travel schedule been? Have you been able to speak? If people want to have Alan Huth come, are you available? Are opportunities opening up, or are you in timeout? What's going on with Alan Huth, the Ezra Project, and speaking? Well, thank you, Gino. Uh, 2020 was very, very difficult, as you remember. Most churches were locked down, closed, shut down. So that was not a lot of opportunity. 2022, I've spoke the first Sunday, the second Sunday. I was out of town last Sunday. I spoke wow. this weekend. I'm going up to Fort Morgan, speaking to Cowboy Church in a sale barn on Saturday. Oh, that's going to be great. 
So, yeah, the speaking is picked up, and any pastors that are listening that want their folks challenged to read the Word. You know, it's tw- 20 years, brother, that I've been doing this now, 20 years. So I went back and looked at the very first message I gave, and I'm going to re-give that message 20 years later. Wow. And it, I've done it a couple times already, as I've mentioned, and it's uh, landing very nicely in congregations here in other places. Now, obviously, with connecting God's people to God's Word, you know, there's been that ever-present desire to, you know, connect people to Bible reading. But one of the things that you have is a thing called Club 365, the Deeper Daily Devotions. Is what we've been talking about, is that what part of Club 365 is, is going we we read, but you invite people um, to maybe go a little bit deeper. Yeah, it's amazing, Gino. In those last few years, we have now recorded something on every chapter of every book of the Bible. Then we've transcribed them. So we have something in Club 365 that has something either audio or written on every chapter of Scripture. You know as a pastor how difficult that is to cover the uh-huh. Word of God from cover to cover. It's a, Yeah, for me it was a lifelong journey and continues to be. Amen. So that's what Club 365 is. It's a subscription, but then a person, anyone listening, can say, well, I don't want to listen to him talk about Jeremiah this <laughs> month. I want to do Romans. Okay, you get into Club 365, you can listen or read something about any book you want, whenever you want, anytime you want. So it's custom-made. It's our archive of everything we've ever done. Yeah, when I think about the benefits of daily Bible reading, you know, obviously there are so many things that stand out. But in the few moments that we have left, what do you think are perhaps the greatest benefits of reading through your Bible? Well, I, I said, Gino, I've had a journey of 50 years. I can't remember a time that I've backslidden or walked away from the Lord. And I'm sure a lot of Christians can't say that, but I believe it's because of my direct link with God every day of my mm-hmm. life. It's hard to walk away when you have a daily time listening to God in His Word and speaking to Him in prayer. So one specific example, if we got time, this is a while back, when I was a teenager, 15 years old, the word love. I never used the word love because it was, I love baseball, I love ice cream, I love you. I didn't know what it meant. So I went to college, I was dating a girl, and I got into my daily quiet time and read First John chapter 4. And I say that's the second love chapter in the Bible. I learned biblical love that day. Wow. Practical application was that I called her and for the first time told her I loved her. Now, what did that result in? My wife for 45 years. Yes. So, Congratulations, Bible- by the way. Yeah, Bible reading answers the questions of, you know, I don't want worldly love. I want biblical love. I don't want a world attitude about money. I want a biblical attitude. That's My guest, what Alan Huth, reading can do. let's give out that phone number, 303-369-8001. Alan will call you. He'll say, you're the winner. 
and give you that free resource. As always, go to theezraproject.net. Alan Hood, thanks so much for being my guest. You know, God bless you, brother. Hope to talk to you again soon. Mm, Bye-bye. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me. It was great having Alan Huth from the Ezra Project. And again, um, if you want to know more about him and the Ezra Project, even if you don't, even if you're not the winner, you should call 303-369-8001. But if you want to call me, it's 303-873-1935. I want to talk a little bit more about the benefits of daily Bible reading. And Alan Huth would be the first to tell you that it isn't just simply reading the Bible, although that has value. It's, again, knowing what it says and then a desire to do what it says. And um, I want to talk a little bit more about that. But again, I invite you to call 303-873-1935. There is a... a, a, a a um, news story that's being posted at thechristianpost.com. This is at thechristianpost.com by um, uh, someone named Anugrah Kumar. And the headline reads that a, a Christian member of parliament says prosecution for tweeting Bible verse on homosexuality is a privilege. Now, this member of parliament in Finland faces the possibilities of six years in prison. Her crime? She shared her belief, her deeply held biblical beliefs on sexuality and marriage. She says it's a privilege to be interrogated for her religious beliefs. Parliament member, her name is Pavi. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Rashanen. It's a Finnish lady. She was interrogated by police for over 13 hours and questioned on how she interprets Paul's letters in the Bible. She's going to appear in court on Monday facing criminal charges for voicing her beliefs on marriage and sexuality. She authored a 2004 booklet on sexual ethics, describing marriage as being between a man and a woman. Not just a man and a woman, but one man and one woman. She also expressed her views on a 2019 radio show. And she tweeted church leadership on the matter, quote, I thought it was quite a privilege to have these kinds of discussions with the police. Rashanin said in an in interview with Alliance Defending Freedom International. Now, we we've had, of course, friends, uh, Paul, uh, um, uh, council attorneys, who have um, thank God for Alliance Defending Freedom, and uh, but there's also an Alliance Defending Freedom International, which is a legal nonprofit that specializes in religious freedom cases and is supporting the 62-year-old former interior minister of Finland. Quote, I had many times during these hours the possibility to tell the police the message of the gospel, what the Bible teaches about the value of being a human being, that all people are created in the image of God, and that's why they're valuable. She said it was like 
giving a Bible study to the police, unquote. Rashanin, who worked as a medical doctor before going into politics, is married to a pastor and said it was absurd and shocking to be interrogated and claims it felt like old Soviet times. She said, I could never have imagined when I worked as a minister of the interior and, and was in charge of the police that I would be interrogated and asked the kinds of questions at a police station, unquote. The lawmaker who led the Christian Democrats from 2004 to 2015, she said police have asked her if she's ready to renounce her writings. Here's what she said, quote, but I answered that I will stand on what I believe and I will speak about these things and write about these things also in the future because they're a matter of conviction, not simply a matter of opinion, she said. Rashanin had been charged with three counts of ethnic agitation over statements expressing her beliefs about human sexuality and marriage. Evangelical Lutheran Bishop Johanna Pahola had been charged with one count of ethnic agitation for publishing the Minister of Interior's booklet. Prosecutors in Finland determined that Rashanin's previous statements disparage and discriminate against LGBT individuals and foment intolerance and defamation. The mother of five maintains that her expressions are legal and should not be censored. There's more. 303-873-1935. Can you believe this? 303-873-1935. Wendy in Aurora, welcome to the program. Hi, Gino. How are you doing? Doing good. Were you sick again? Well, yeah. Last week I had, I was, you know, I was... um, I was, you know, I I had COVID. I, uh-huh. I I tested positive for COVID, and then um, then I was taken to the an, an emergency, an urgent care place, where I discovered that I had COVID pneumonia. Oh no! Yeah, it was an unknown. It was an oh no situation. So well, I, I'm glad they discovered it, though. Yeah, they discovered it. I had severe symptoms. Um, for several days. And Did you end up in the hospital? No, I just went to the urgent care once, and they were sufficiently happy with my oxygen levels that they didn't feel like I needed to be hospitalized. But you know, well, COVID good. COVID pneumonia is nothing to um, you know, to 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 play games with. Yeah, I, I, I had pneumonia all by itself and I was in the hospital for nine days then you know you understand (laughs) but I was praying for you all last week I had a feeling that you'd either relapsed or something yeah something went wrong but I am literally back ministering to someone but I had a sneaky suspicion so I was just praying for you to to get better and come back well I'm back and (laughs) you know I'm trying to be careful and yeah 
and not overdo it, but um, yeah, you got to give your body time to heal. But I understand that you were calling about. Oh yeah, um, the I I heard um, yesterday morning um, just a quick news blurb about the Syrian refugees having been where they are. They got hit with a um, a real bad winter storm, and they they have no warm clothes, they have no way of getting heat, and they're burning garbage, but. Um, that, that was it, and I, I've been listening, and I haven't heard anything more. Well, I'm trying to find out information. I know that, you know, every winter this seems to happen, and if you... I just broke my heart. They they suffer so much in those refugee camps already. Right, and and so when you're in a refugee camp already, and obviously we have had some severe... <coughs> there goes my cough. You know, I do I do good until I'm I'm coughing. But yeah, when when you have severe winter storms in makeshift shelters, and you're you're talking about hundreds of thousands of refugees, it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah, and I guess there's it's just all flat. There's not even scrub or anything to burn. So, well, I'm going to have to call my friends at uh, Heart for Lebanon to see what we can do. I know that. You know, different people pick up different news stories. I don't know. Um, yeah, the, um, I listened to a. Um, listen well, you hold on because I know I know that Relief Web has published something as of today on okay. this subject. I'll, I'll keep listening. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you, Gina. I'm glad you're better. Thank God bless. Three zero three eight seven three nineteen thirty five. I'll be back. Yeah, I'll. I, I think I have some information on this, Jim. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. Thanks for joining me. The number is 303-873-1935. A um, couple of things when Wendy called about the Syrian refugee situation. And uh, I was looking for some information, and there's a, a group called OCHA Services Relief Web at reliefweb.int. And they're basically uh, posting today. Uh, it was originally posted yesterday that um, Syrians fleeing over a decade of war in their homeland have found their situation exacerbated following the onslaught of heavy winter storms. Now, we've been hearing about winter storms on the East Coast, and of course, even now we've got freezing, drizzling weather, which has made... Um, Conditions on roads right here in the Front Range, pretty dangerous. So even I just want to remind you, to if you're listening, please drive carefully. Please drive carefully. But CARE, that's C-A-R-E, has posted that um, heavy winter storms in Jordan, Lebanon, and Syria, where temperatures are expected to drop lower than they have in 40 years. Now, there's been some pretty severe temperature drops over the last several decades. But if this is to be believed, they're, they're reporting that Jordan, Syria, and Lebanon may be experiencing um, severe cold as low as 14 degrees below zero. Strong winds reaching 80 
kilometers per hour, heavy hail, snow in mountainous areas, literally endangering the lives of millions of people who are already living in really difficult circumstances. So one of the spokespeople for CARE in Syria, their country director, has said, quote, this is yet another blow to people whose lives are already beyond unbearable. People can see their own breath when lying on thin mattresses. You'll see children walk around in flip-flops and ripped shirts. Now, can you imagine flip-flops and ripped shirts at 14 degrees below zero? Now, again, we think of what's going on in this great big world, the island of Tonga, with uh, the incredible volcanic eruption. It's, I read a news story today that every single house on the island, without exception, is either partially or completely destroyed. Can you imagine? An entire nation. The before and after pictures are unbelievable. In Syria, over 6.7 million people have been internally displaced, with another 6.8 living as refugees in the neighboring countries of Jordan, Lebanon, Turkey, Most of these displaced people are living in tents, unfinished buildings, sheds. This coupled with harsh winter conditions. So, again, (laughs) it could be, it could easily, easily descend, if you will, into this mountain of despair. But I just want to remind you that, um, again, there we have to ask and answer the question: What are we going to do? How do we, how do we respond? And my friend Jim Dennison at the Dennison Forum, of course, always, you know, he 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 talked about some difficulties that in, an individual was facing, and a police officer indicted in the death of his mother. Um, and he, he talks about this disaster in, in Tonga. He says, um, this volcanic eruption, it's the largest volcanic eruption in more than 30 years. And the tsunami waves sent it crashing across the Pacific. Clearly no one on the Island could have caused or prevented the destruction that they experienced. He says, and he said, quote, most who reject biblical truth and morality fall into the latter category for two reasons, both of which relate directly to followers of Jesus today. Number one, they need our help understanding spiritual truth. The scripture says, quote, the natural man does not accept or is unable to understand them. In other words, the natural person doesn't accept the things of the Spirit of God for their folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they're spiritually discerned, it says in 1 Corinthians 2.14. This is why non-Christians need, well, Christians to teach, but not just to teach, but to model biblical truth in ways that are accessible to them. Much of our Christian vocabulary is foreign to people who have no real comprehension 
of what it means to know, love, and believe in God. Words like sin and lost feel pejorative to those who have no context for understanding the meaning. Do you remember as an unbeliever when a person said to you that you need to be saved? And you might have said, saved from what? What are you talking about? Evangelism feels to them like an unfair imposition of someone else's opinion. And they view attending a church the same way that you would view someone saying, hey, would you please come to my mosque this Friday or to a Buddhist temple or to a Mormon church or to a Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Hall? They need precisely what you and I needed before others helped us because sometimes it's difficult. I think that there are people... (laughs) are sincerely lost, but they don't know that they're lost. And so they need and deserve someone to show them in compassion and grace that there really is such a thing as hope. In 2 Corinthians 4, 4, remember it says, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, unquote. This is why in Ephesians 6, 12, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places, it says in Ephesians 6, 12. So as a result, the first step in influencing the lost, well, is to intercede for the lost. Is to pray for them. And it's praying for the Spirit to defeat the work of Satan in their mind and in their heart. And you're probably no people, maybe you yourself, have been worried But Jesus makes it abundantly clear that the great, great theft of joy is worry. Jesus says don't, but we do it anyway. And because we do, we become tense and troubled. Multiple times Jesus says clearly, specifically, unequivocally in Matthew 6, 25, don't worry about your life. You're probably wondering, that can't possibly mean worry about. There's certain things you have to worry about. No. Don't worry about anything. Anything? Is that even possible? Luke chapter 12, verse 22. Don't worry. Now, again, there's a whole lot to talk about there's a whole lot to think about there's a whole lot to pray about but for you you have an opportunity to show the world that there's something different about you because of what Jesus has done in you and for you I'll be back tomorrow taking your calls answering your questions 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.